He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man! He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Hot is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock! That's what we call a sack lunch! I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Portal rankings. I never thought, looking into the future a few years ago, I'd be looking at these rankings. But Florida State, LSU, 1-2, however you want to mix those two up. And then after that, it's somewhat debatable. Auburn's in there somewhere. And I think that one's kind of sneaky, a Hugh Freeze, but they've had a very good intake here in the portal. Southern Cal, Oklahoma, there have been many others, but but nonetheless, Georgia has done more this year than they've done uh, here recently, just a few years into the portal era. TJ, what's up? Anything left for Florida State? Yeah, maybe after spring. I don't know that they'll take anybody right now. You know, the, the classes have started. We're two weeks in, into class. It'd be not impossible, but it'd be pretty tough to get somebody in now. Anyway... Uh, the guys at Florida State pulled in the portal, every one of them said the same thing. Mike Norvell and company were the first to reach out to me, and they all committed pretty quickly. There weren't any real long, drawn-out, two-, three-week things. And so I don't think there's somebody that Florida State's, like, slow playing right now. And, um, if, if something pops up out of nowhere, then I'll come on here and eat crow. But it just isn't – it hasn't been the way that Florida State's moved. They're – very diligent. They jump on guys very quickly. It's what everybody says in their when they commit and when they do their newcomer interviews at Florida State is, yeah, Mike Norvell and, and, and the staff or someone on the staff was the first to reach out to me. They got me in a, for a visit that week, and I committed less than a week later. And, and that was the model we saw with literally all 10 transfers that Florida State signed. So I don't really expect that we're just going to all of a sudden get a new guy in a week or two that – was a was a month long process or a two month process. Also, with classes starting, I just don't see anybody else joining at this point. Maybe post spring when the portal opens back up, you get more guys enter. You'll have some guys at Florida State probably leave that are you know third and fourth place on the depth chart at certain positions. But yeah, it's a new era in college football, and you mentioned not not uh, not knowing that you'd ever really look at portal rankings and you know transfers. Back in the day, we're certainly looked at kind of out of a side eye, right? You, you didn't really think that they were going to be impact guys like they are now. And 
Florida State and other programs have proven that you can get multiple years out of some of these guys. And, you know, you know there, there's an aspect of portal recruiting that's maybe even slightly safer than high school recruiting because a high school recruit can leave you the very next year, whereas a portal guy really can't leave unless he's getting a waiver. So you at least get him for two years because they can't just transfer again. So, I don't know, guys lock in a little bit longer and – Florida State's done a good job of not only the one-year rental type thing, but also getting guys that will play for multiple years. I mean, Jordan Travis is about to be in his third or fourth year at Florida State. Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Dylan Gibbons, all these guys played multiple years. And I think if you can get that out of the portal, it's pretty sustainable. Georgia Dog says, ask TJ about running back class of 24 five-star from his neck of the woods where he's from in Georgia, the Albany, not pronounced Albany, Albany, Georgia, Cam Davis, running back. Man, that kid, I, you know, five-stars just look different, right? Like they just, they're five-stars for a reason, right? They're incredibly talented, incredibly athletic, and he just looks the part, right? And Obviously, he's phenomenal, great athlete, uh, pretty locked in with Florida State. In fact, he was on campus last week. Florida State does a uh, – I don't want to upset people out here, but I'll just say it. Florida State does one of the best jobs, if not the best job, of recruiting two-sport athletes. They've always been good at it, like all the way back to Dion and Charlie Ward and then you run down the line to, you know, all the guys that were in track as well. But you look at Jameis. I mean, Jameis is on record saying one of the biggest reasons he – came to Florida State was that Texas and Alabama weren't going to let him play baseball. And I, I wonder if Nick and uh, Mac regret that looking back now, you know. And so I, I think that Florida State does a good job of that. Cam, obviously, um, a baseball guy, too. He actually took some official visit or some visit pictures in the baseball stuff on uh, on Saturday, which I thought was cool. I thought that was neat, something different that Florida State really does well. And somebody that Florida State is – very high on, and a lot of other teams are really high on too, and so I'm sure they'll have to fend off a couple of SEC programs for him this year, but uh, a kid that Florida State's glad to have in their class right now and obviously looking to add to it if they can. Yeah, and think about it now. I would surmise that the running back position is probably the easiest position to not participate in spring because – it, at running back, when you're that level, you are what you are. And, and missing reps in the spring, missing some reps as a running back might actually be good. You know, keep you fresh. Maybe, maybe not. But I don't think you get hurt at all if you've got a running back who's going to play baseball in the spring, and he's good. Yeah. And, you know, what was crazy is, like, you know, he missed some stuff, but, like, Jameis would be running back and forth between both. I don't know if they'd really let people do that anymore or not, just because yeah. you don't want to risk an injury. But he was the kind of kid that was like, no, I'm playing. But, like, he'd, he'd go to baseball practice in the morning, and then he'd be back over at spring practice in the afternoon. So, yeah, some of those kids are, are just different. But, now I agree. And I don't even know if he'll truly play baseball when he gets to college or not. But, and I, but I agree with you. I mean, running back. I think running back is the is the position that translates the easiest, right? I mean, I don't mean to take away from what these guys do, but the, the role of the running back is you know running this hole, right? Like you you you, you hit this gap, and, and if you can see something, it's all about vision and you know what the line is. I think that position translates really really easy from high school to college, and then from college to the NFL. I mean, I think that you, you know it's the easiest position to pick up, and that's why you see. 
rookies absolutely go off and have great years and uh, great seasons in the NFL too. So, yeah, I agree. I think if there was a position that you don't want your quarterback doing that, but if there was a position that that could be done, it's probably running back. No cab up in Chicago. Ask TJ, did Florida State fill all their O-line needs? I think so. And there's, you know, uh, they maybe even got somebody back last year that they weren't expecting. Um, the, uh, Big Meech, the their right guard from last year, uh, Dimitri Emanuel, seemed like he played his final game when the, when the bowl game was finished, and he ended up back on Florida State's roster um, for the 2023 season. They're appealing and filing a waiver for a year that he got injured a couple of years ago, and they, I mean, he's been participating so far in, like, the off-season workouts. So, I, you know, I think the NCAA approves, like, 80% of waivers. Uh, and so I think it'll get approved, and I think they'll get him back. And so if that's the case, they really only lost one guy, and that's Dylan Gibbons, who was really, really good, all ATC, and, and a better person off the field. But they pulled in Jeremiah Byers, who was the top offensive line target at the time when they pulled him out of the portal, um, a four-year guy, Casey Roddick from Colorado, and – uh, a guy who started a lot of games in 2021 for Auburn and Keandre Jones. So, yeah, I think they're really happy with what their offensive line is going to look like. And, like, well, I've said this before, but it was the best the offensive line's been since 2013, since they won the national championship. And I think it's going to be better next year. I think it's going to have more depth. I think you get a couple of guys back. You're only losing one starter if Emmanuel's waiver gets approved. And you probably added two and a half guys that – have starter-level level caliber there. So, yeah, I think the offensive line is going to be not only just good for Florida State, like it's going to be a strength. It, it, it'll really make that offense even better than it was in 2022. Bob, as things stand now, ask TJ how many wins he's projecting for Florida State next year. I think it's got to be 10-plus. Uh, you know, I think the only acceptable losses on the schedule are LSU to start the year, That'll be a really tough game, just like it was last year. Hopefully it doesn't come down to the last point after touchdown so that I can, you know, go through the rest of the season with some hair left on my head. But uh, – and I think you play at Clemson. I don't – you know, you could trip up and you could lose other games, but Florida State should be favored in every other game that they play. you got to go on the road and play Pitt, and I, I think that's tricky, but I still think you should win that game. Florida State's a better team than Pitt is. Uh, they were more consistent than Pitt was. And so – yeah, Miami, I don't. I expect Miami to eventually get things figured out, but I don't think they have things figured out this year, and that game's in Tallahassee. And then based on what we're seeing with Florida right now, I don't think that they've replaced enough talent to, for, for that to be a game that you should lose, even though it is in the swamp this year. So that one's, that one's kind of a question mark to me just because it's so far off and it's, it's tough to predict what happens in game 12, uh, especially in January. But, yeah, I think they need to win at least 10 games. I mean, you won nine regular season this year. need to get a little bit better than that and win 10. If they are to beat either LSU or Clemson, which I don't mean to say that like those are sure losses or anything, I, I think they'll beat Clemson. I'm sorry, I think they'll beat LSU and have a great shot of at Clemson. Then maybe you're looking at 11 wins, and you're in the ACC championship, and you've got 11 wins going to that ACC championship. That's a play-in game. And if you win that one – you're in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think 10-11 really needs to be the expectation. And they're gearing up for a run. They, they know what's in front of them. They know how the schedule sets up. They invested a lot to get a lot of guys to return. 
they understand that too. That I'm not putting any kind of expectation on them that Florida State doesn't have already on themselves. Yeah, we got a long way to go, but that opener is going to be very exciting because veteran quarterbacks who really came on and played well a year ago and rosters that are in better shape than they were previously, both LSU and Florida State, that's going to be a heck of an opener. That one's going to be so much fun. It's the game. It's certainly the game of the weekend. It's on a Sunday, so just like last year, it gets its own kind of day and, and primetime spot. To, I mean, yeah, that that one's going to be phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I think the the winner of that game puts themselves in a really really good spot. Uh, the winner of that game is probably, I don't know. You think about it that early, like there's Florida State's getting a lot of hype. You know, preseason hype, top five, top. 10-ish hype, if they start the season in the top five and then they beat LSU week one, I think they're going to be like top two or three in the country, right? Like Georgia will be one, and, and they deserve it. And Ohio State will probably be two. But I think if you beat LSU, and then the same thing for LSU, if they start at like six or somewhere in there and they beat number four or five Florida State, the same thing. They're going to be like three or four in the country. And so whoever wins that really sets themselves up uh, for the rest of the season and, uh, you know, whoever loses it, it's probably a pretty good loss, too, as long as you don't lose by, like, 20 points. So I hate to I hate that that's college football now is that we're talking about good losses, but you lose to a really good team early in the year, you got a lot of time to make up for that, and then you just cheer for that team and hope that they, you know, end up winning their conference or something so that loss looks really good. TJ, tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, if you go to YouTube and just type in Double Fries, No Slaw, or any kind of social media, it's all there, too. Good stuff, man. See you next week. Thanks, buddy. There he is. TJ Pitcher. Very good. Excellent addition to the show. Jay Book in about an hour. Out in Scottsdale. Omni Nashville Hotel. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-715-9880.
That's right, annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General, producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. Golfers, tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Hey, Nashville, start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic. Treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, Fifth Avenue, downtown Music City. It's a Bill King show. Pac-12 football is a joke. It's a laughing stock. It has been left behind by Father Time a long time ago. It has not been prominent in a decade at least. And do you want to know why? God-forsaken leadership. That's why. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Call 615-844-5600. Get in on the Bill King Show. this up michigan and tom in myrtle beach pulls this up has said they're going to remove 45 seats in the football stadium to widen the tunnel where everybody gets in just the fights where the teams get crammed in there together and got a lot of publicity this year as as tom's pointed out buckeye fans that's that's not new but this year it got magnified. So they're going to widen it. They're taking out 45 seats. He says, so I guess Mel Tucker and James Franklin cried enough about their players being bullied in that TTUN tunnel. I mean, it's always been a tricky area. But, yeah, this year it absolutely got magnified. So they're going to widen that thing. Probably still be fights. <laughs> Just not as tight. Not as compacted in there. That's pretty, you know, they ought to put a camera in there. You know how fans, fans probably love the fights, right? Put both teams in there, have them walk in there together, and everybody gets to pushing and shoving. It's tight in there fighting. 
Dom up in Pittsburgh asking for a friend. Who's faster, Marvin Harrison Jr. or Braden Lindsey? Braden Lindsey announced. Didn't he announce he was giving up football? I think he's taking a job. Braden Lindsey was a recruit to Notre Dame who the sales pitch was, this guy is so fast. And he's pretty fast. I mean, he is. But. The part about being a good football player was left out of the conversation. And even though he made some big plays, heck, made, made a big play in the uh, South Carolina Bowl game. But, but in general, he was mediocre at best. He was just a fast guy, not much of a football player. Faster, Marvin Harrison Jr. or Braden Lindsey? Well, now, you're just saying we're going to go out to the track and just everybody take off running, right? Um, I mean, one is obviously a million light years better than the other as a football player, Marvin Harrison Jr. But if it's just we're, we're going to give up football, we're just going to go out here and we're going to race. What are we going to do, run the 100, the 220, what are we at, 440? What are we going to do? I mean, Braden Lindsay may beat him if it's 100 meters or 100 yards, either one. 100 meters, 100 yards. But as a football player, obviously, and that wasn't your question. That's about the only thing Braden Lindsay would beat him when it comes to football or functional speed. And that's, that's I mean, Marvin Harrison can flat out fly, too. And he's 6'4". So he's got the length, he's got... Everything you want, if you're just going to go and sketch it out, here's what I think a receiver ought to be. He's right there. The best receiver ever if you sketched it out and then you took all the various skills, speed, catching radius, ability to go up, get the ball, mismatch, is Randy Moss. Now, again, was his career as good as some of the others historically? No, because Randy could be a knucklehead, right? But if it's just put on this planet Earth and a total ridiculous mismatch, I don't think it ever gets better than that. Yeah, I don't think it gets better than that. Tom in Myrtle Beach. Bill, would you please tell Josh, quit trying to trade Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think he's trying to trade him. He's just trying to punk every. He's trying to flex. He's saying, here's our receiver. If you're a Buckeye, here's our receiver compared to your receiver. He's wanting to shame the comparison, the person on the other end of the comparison. It's what Josh is doing. We're on a stage, Marvin Harrison flexing versus your guy as a wide receiver. What do you think, Bill? <laughs> I don't blame him. I mean, I'd say uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is pretty ridiculous, too. Now, what would be interesting, you know what would be interesting? If we could compare him and uh, Brock Bowers. Now, different job responsibilities. Somewhat and similar, somewhat different positions, kinda, but 
as far as job description, catch the ball. Do things with that ball. Make plays. Make a difference with that ball. And they both do that at an exceedingly high level. And they are both just out of their true sophomore season. And this next spring, well, not this one, but the spring of 24, they're going to be very attractive to the guys who make the picks. Incredibly attractive. Baseball about 22 days away. They're saying, what is what is that opening? It's the 17th, right? Yeah, 17th is a Friday. And actually, Tom pulled it up earlier. Let me scroll it and find where he put it. Okay, you ready, everybody? For your Friday night. Viewing pleasure. And that would be three weeks from tomorrow night. That's what we're looking at. College baseball on TV. LSU versus Western Michigan. At Now, these are Eastern times. I'm on Central, but these are Eastern times. 7.30 ET. That's on the SEC network. That's Friday night. February 17th, three weeks and a day away. LSU, Western Michigan. LSU's ranked number one by pretty much everybody. Number two, Tennessee at Arizona. That's on the U, ESPNU. And then, and that one's at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. Florida and Charleston Southern, and that will be on ESPN Plus, ESPN Network Plus. Gators rank, and again, these rankings are just one sampling, but but most everybody has LSU 1. After that, it's it's different. On this one, it has Tennessee 2, Florida 3, Stanford number 4 at Cal State, Louisville versus Bucknell. All right, Vanderbilt. That afternoon at three. So let's let's move it early. That really excites me. Vanderbilt at three Eastern, which here is two o'clock, at TCU. Number six, Vanderbilt. And that'll be on ESPN Plus. I will absolutely so that means I get to start that Friday at two o'clock with the Vandy Boys. That are coming off a season. That is, by their standards, not good. Couldn't, first of all, couldn't hit the ball. That lineup was not a good hitting lineup. And frankly, the pitching is not what it needed to be either. They had several problems. And I think, obviously, Tim Corbin, who's fantastic, knew that. So Vanderbilt. Just, just seeing this. Three Eastern, two Central. A&M, the Aggies. Now, I've seen the Aggies ranked as high as like number four. This one has them seven. Versus Seattle U at six o'clock. It does not give a TV listing. It says to be announced on this one. Miami versus Penn State. Miami number eight. That's on the ACC network. Ole Miss, Delaware. You're defending national champs. Play at four o'clock. 
Okay. Here's one. Buckeyes baseball versus UConn on FSN+. And then, oh, for Tom and Myrtle Beach. Another one because he likes the Buckeyes, but he also has a crew working at Coastal Carolina. CCU versus Fairfield is at 4 Eastern. So how about that? That Friday, three weeks away, we get to start baseball that day at 2 o'clock. I will be watching. My TV will be right on that game to start off with. Vanderbilt at TCU. L-Dog says, Bill, take a look at the 24-7 composite rankings. Their final rankings will be today, and some might change, but take a look. Alabama number one, Georgia two. Now, he points out there are 12 five stars between the two of them. Alabama one, Georgia two, recruiting rankings, composite. And it's Alabama with seven, Georgia with five. Texas is third with four five-stars. Oklahoma fourth. LSU is fifth. Buckeyes, number six, the U, Tennessee eight, Notre Dame nine, Duckies ten. Florida 13th, Aggies 12th. And Clemson, 11th. I'm just perusing here. I'll, I'll stop there. Now, Alan Quimple, Bob, number 14. All right, I'll stop there. So he says their final composite will be today. I don't know that much is going to move from there, right? I don't th- I don't think it will. I guess it could a little bit, but not enough. Johnny Vegas, that Vandy TCU game is 10 versus 15. Well, it depends on what you're looking at, right? The rankings that I'm looking at, the ones that Tom pulled up, and again, there's various services out there. They have Vanderbilt at, what did I say? They've got a number six. So it just depends. It just depends on which service you're checking out. And At this point, I don't, I don't get – too much into that. LSU is the consensus number one. Now, that is hard to live up to, whether it's your number one, that old stat about number one seed going into the NCAA baseball tournament, hard to live up to. Got to go all the way back a couple decades to Miami, right? Tennessee was the one seed, didn't even get to Omaha. That's hard. I wonder what the stat is. Who was ranked number one last year preseason? Was it Texas? I know Texas was right up there early, and then they started losing some. They actually beat Tennessee early. Texas did. So we'll 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 see. No, Kev. These are the teams that are playing the opening weekend at Globe Life Stadium, and that's the one that Vanderbilt is in. It's the College Baseball Showcase starts on the 17th, goes through the weekend. Vanderbilt, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, Arkansas, et cetera. They're in there. Those are fun, man. I will 
I will absolutely be watching those. Jay Book in about 40, 45 minutes. We'll go out to Arizona. We'll hang out with him. We'll talk some Buckeyes with him. You have those Buckeye questions, hold them. Don't kick me off. Hey, Marvin Harrison Jr. versus uh, Jerry Rice. Don't do it. Don't. Want to ask more current things. Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't have to prove anything. I don't, I don't need to know that one. Omni Nashville Hotel. and welcome to the High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Southeast Missouri guard Philip Russell scored 37 points in a road win at Moorhead State last Saturday for the most points scored in the OVC this season and tying the SEMO Division I single game record. Russell is second in the OVC in scoring assist and assist to turnover ratio. SIUE is 5-1 on the men's side with a one-game lead for first place. The Cougars are the highest-ranked OVC team in the NCAA net rankings and have 14 overall wins, which is already a Division I-era school record. On the women's side, Eastern Illinois grabbed first place by topping Little Rock in an offensive battle 44-33. At 6-0, the Panthers are off to their second-best OVC start ever. There have been 12 OVC Player of the Week selections this year, including two weeks of co-winners without a repeat honoree. Simos Russell was named Player of the Week, while Kenyon Hodges of Eastern Illinois was top newcomer in Tennessee Tech's Jerome Bay of Freshman of the Week. SIUE's Ajula Tata was Women's Player of the Week, while Macy McGlone of Eastern Illinois top newcomer and UT Martin's Josie Story Freshman of the Week. For complete information on this year's OVC Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity Bank, being held March 1st through the 4th at the Ford Center in Evansville, visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. For complete weekly schedules, including live video links, visit ovcsports.com. To find other news and features and more, follow the link on your favorite social media platforms at OVC Sports and at ovcsports.com. You won't believe it until you OVC it. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. If you've been drinking don't drive and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue wishing everybody a great week of OVC basketball. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. You put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office.
It's never too early to start feeling some March madness, so be sure not to miss out on all the action of the High Valley Conference Men's and Women's Basketball Championships as they return to the Ford Center in downtown Evansville from March 1st to the 4th as the first entries in the NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets are now on sale for just $60 through each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster.com, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Nobody knows more about college football history than Bill King. top 25 on that one he goes on to say Tom Potter says and Bill we can be good in all three sports but we would trade the other two to be great in football yeah but you're capable Clemson can can win seen some really good Clemson teams in the uh, past in baseball he was and I'm talking about Eric Bockage, who was the new coach. He was at Michigan. Did a fantastic job there. And came with Tim Corbett. Was at Vanderbilt for about six, seven years. Then went to Maryland. And then to Michigan. And was at Michigan about ten years. Did a, again, superb job there. And remember a couple of years ago, got to the final game of the College World Series in Omaha against Vanderbilt, got to the very last game, split the first two, and then got to the championship. Vanderbilt beat them. A remarkable run by Michigan in baseball, and now he's at Clemson where he had been briefly, oh, about 20 years ago. That was a big hire. Also, Link Jarrett, yes, at Notre Dame, eliminating Tennessee, got to the College World Series. He's now at Florida State, back home. That's a big-time hire, too, for the Knowles. No, I know. We're not going to spend a ton of time on college baseball here, but I am giddy about it. Johnny Vegas down there says, yes, Bill, Texas was preseason number one last year. And they played well relatively early and then started fading. Texas, Texas. Is that not Texas? <laughs> that not sound a little bit like, well, sometimes a little bit like Texas football. What I just described from their baseball team. Georgia Dog said, I wish the best for Georgia baseball and all sports, but I orbit around college football every day of the year, 365. Georgia baseball ought to be elite. It ought to be elite. It ought to be 
everything that you could ever want when it comes to players. When it comes to players now, Georgia is loaded with baseball talent. Everywhere. Baseball talent everywhere in that state. And for some reason, they've kind of gotten away from that. I mean, I watched Georgia play. I watched them some last year. They can be good at times. But they should be top ten every year without really even having to flex a little bit. Perry Mason checking in from the Orange Groves of America. Go Gators. Time for some baseball. Sully. Sully hadn't looked right the last couple of years. And I'm not saying this is some kind of big key year for Sully, but it'd be nice to see the Gators come back and be – and they got what? They got all the way to the SEC championship. Wasn't it them versus Tennessee in the uh, in Hoover last year? I mean, that's pretty good. But they just haven't looked right. Sully, and I know there have been some problems, but just looking up, I've got monitor on, uh, I guess it's the SEC network, and they're going over Mel Kuyper's mock draft, and they're showing footage of Jalen Carter the D lineman, who they've got number one overall, which that pick right now is the Chicago Bears. Number 88 on that defensive line is a freaking beast. Absolute beast. I could could see that. That's the pick I would make. Not trying to be agreeable necessarily. I'm just telling you, if you take a look at what you need. Obviously, they've got Justin Fields. And, again, I'm not Mr. Pro depth chart guy. I don't care. But I'm taking a D-tackle who's dominant like that who can give me a prosperous career. And that kid is exactly what you're looking for. If you draw it up, that's exactly what you're looking for. He's got everything you want. Bulk, twitch, speed, aggression, want to, all of that. Every bit of that. So if I'm a Bear fan, that's I'd be excited about that. Steven says, Bill, plan to see a plane to see that the SEC runs baseball like they run football. Uh, let me think about that. Uh, calculating in my head. Well, it's let me let me give you an astonishing comparison. SEC baseball is better than SEC football. You want me to say that again? SEC baseball is better and deeper than SEC football. No, I didn't say it's more popular. It's not anywhere near. It's deeper. You tell me in football, in the SEC, that Mississippi State and Ole Miss can be back-to-back national champions. You tell me. 
Tennessee can be ranked number one almost the whole year, dominating. Now, they didn't get to Omaha. LSU and what they can be and what they're projected to be, Florida, Arkansas, Vanderbilt might be the most consistent team over the last 10 years or so in America. Tell me where in the SEC Vanderbilt's a thing in football. It's deeper. The SEC in baseball is deeper than it is in football, which is remarkable. Perry Mason's got a good one. I'll tell you what, I'll hold that till we get back because we got to take a break. And uh, the music's going to get us. The music means time cutting short before the break. That's why we have it. It's a nice alert mechanism. All right, we'll take the break. Omni Nashville Hotel. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Are you looking for a trusted partner who knows AT&T business inside and out? ABS Communications is an organization built on the premise that telecom solutions and working with companies like AT&T can often be complicated and the customer needs someone to help them navigate through these complexities. They make complex simple. Whether it's helping maintain, manage, or secure your business, ABS Communications is here to help all your business telecom and mobility needs. Their business was built with the goal of simplifying the process of connectivity for the customer and establishing a long term relationship of trust through transparency and accountability. ABS Communications is a top five AT&T authorized agent with over 200 years of AT&T technical experience. You can call Mark and the gang at 615-349-8588 or you can visit their website at abscomcomm.net. And remember, mention the McFarland Show to ABS and you could get up to $250 in a Visa gift card for new ABS business customers. When you're away from home and you want down-home cooking, Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel is the answer. Excellent, fresh, and local, just like Grandma used to make. Start your day with a Music City omelet and some prime rib hash. Or a cast iron waffle with Nashville hot chicken. For those wanting variety, hit the biggest breakfast buffet in Music City. And, of course, the world-famous Biscuit Bar. Start your day with the fresh, local, and down-home cooking of Kitchen Notes at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. Howdy, 
folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City, Bob Steak and Chop House. The only place in Middle Tennessee to get A5 Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob Steak and Chop House. From petite fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes. When somebody asks where's the beef, you tell them Bob Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now and treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. Former Titans coach Jeff Fisher. Who's grumpy this morning? <laughs> coach, so, I'm not grumpy. Yeah, I mean, hey, John. Yeah. Pull your head out of your butt. Get yourself in a better mood. <laughs> I'll do my best, coach. Thanks for the pep talk. Okay. You just you just made a promo for him. <laughs> right. Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. King is the mother 12th data point of college football. Stephen down in Athens, Georgia. Said, Bill, regarding Georgia baseball facilities. So we spent about four to six million a few years ago to spruce up Foley Field. Meanwhile, Florida built a $65 million field. He says, we don't even have a pitching lab, not even sure we have a place to hit indoors. If if Georgia wants to make it important, they'll do it. Isn't that what Griff said? That's what Steven was just talking about, too. If Georgia wanted to make that important, they would do it. Make it more important. They would absolutely do it. Okay, Perry Mason, Bill, is your opinion, is it better to win the transfer portal or on the recruiting trail? I hear you and Florida State fans acting as though the portal counts more. Just your professional opinion. It's always been recruiting from the bottom up first. Now I think it's a fair fight. I think it's debatable. And it just depends. Now, if you're Brian Kelly and you inherit a roster that's basically cut in half in just personnel, period, you've got to go get quick fixes. You can't do that through the high schools. And so they've been heavily into the portal last year and this year. Florida State, even though Norvell's been there several years, they've had to patch up some things through there too. So I don't know that there's an either-or. I think you can get to the finish line either way. Before, I would always warn against overwhelmingly getting JUCOs. Before we started this portal thing, I would always, because the other way would be either JUCO recruiting or right out of high school. And I would say, look, if you overwhelm your roster with JUCO kids, uh, you're taking a big gamble. Now, some of these can come in and help you and absolutely fix a gap that you have somewhere in your roster. But if you do this to the tune of 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, uh, you're taking a big gamble because Juco ball tape is good, but it's not the same as transfer portal tape where you see a guy actually against D1 
competition or whatever you're looking for, you've you it's easier to evaluate than a high school kid, which is a more of a projection, right? It's just more of a sure thing. I don't know that you can say it's just from the ground up now. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that. And a lot of t- look, high school recruiting, I mean, that's vital. Going and getting kids out of high school, that's big. That's important. Evaluating correctly, developing correctly, all of that is important. But I do think the portal, if we're going to say compare and contrast, I think it's now a threat and a more debatable topic about the route you take. Never thought we'd see this day either. Never could I comprehend we'd be to this point. Jim up in Ramsey, New Jersey. Bill, Rutgers is going to be good in baseball this year. Also, men's basketball is playing well up there. Pac-12, Dave. Billy, you're starting to scare people with this baseball talk. I'm kind of digging it, though. Well, here's the thing. The non-playing portion of the season gives us latitude to go places where we're not going during the playing portion of the season. That's what I like about it, too. I like to stretch out and go other areas when we feel like it, right? That's what it's for. That's another reason that I do appreciate the rhythm of the calendar. The non-playing portion gives us the ability to stretch out, go places. Latitude, man. Different leash. Johnny Vegas, Bill, I've got a favorite Georgia baseball memory. Fresno State beat them in the College World Series. Nice payday that day. (laughs) I'm sure you would remember that. Yeah, I'm sure you would. No, Kev. Bill, if you could go back to 1990, the SEC has natties from Georgia, LSU, South Carolina, Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi State in baseball. That's remarkable. And you left out you left out the Vandy Boys, the best program among all those right now is the Vandy Boys. Brian said, Bill, Georgia was number two, and I guess that was the spring of 2020 when the season was canceled due to COVID. Oh, I've seen some really good Georgia teams dating back. I mean, that one's recent, but but they're not they haven't always been out of sight, out of mind in baseball. Just just saying. Yeah, just saying. We got to get the break here. Jay Book about 20 minutes into hour number three today on this Thursday edition. Tomorrow, we've got Ole Miss Evie. Yeah, Kevin's not back until a week from Friday. Week from tomorrow, Kevin will be back. But Ole Miss Evie tomorrow and Brad. Now, the following Friday, it'll be Ole Miss Evie at 7, 7.20 Kevin Hagan. These are central times, 8 o'clock, Brad. And just to repeat, if you missed it, Kevin's going to be back. And we're going to tape it. Now, what's the one risk? 
The one risk is we tape it on a Thursday and there's movement, there's news that happens between the canned tape and then when we play it at 7.20 the next morning. That, that's the risk. Other than that, it will be fantastic because Kevin is the best to do that. When it comes to Alabama, it's not done better than he does. It's just not. Hour three on this Thursday edition, Omni Nashville Hotel.